Welcome to This is Type 1, real-life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. I'm Colleen Mitchell, and I've had type 1 diabetes for 23 years. By day, I'm a process analyst in the power industry, and by night, I'm an author, blogger, and virtual assistant. I'm passionate about type 1 diabetes education and showing others that this disease doesn't define me. I'm Jesse Tuggy, and I've had type 1 for 7 years. I love hiking and painting, and I'm looking forward to working as an engineer after college. My diagnosis has inspired me to take control of my future and learn everything I can about it. Each week on the show, we'll talk about real life with type 1 diabetes, bring on cool people with connections to type 1, and above all, encourage you to understand that this disease doesn't have to hold you back. This isn't medical advice. This is life with type 1. Welcome to episode 26 of This is Type 1, real life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. Today, we're diving into a topic that I've actually seen drive a lot of traffic to my website in the last several months, diabetes burnout. I wrote a blog post on burnout a while ago, and in recent months, it's actually gotten quite a lot of activity on Pinterest. So today, we're going to do a deep dive into diabetes burnout and provide some tips for dealing with it. And just a quick reminder for everyone, if you have any questions about type 1 diabetes or about the show, please leave us a comment or send an email to colleen at inspiredforward.com. We'll answer listener questions in future episodes. And I have the win of the week this week. So earlier this week, I flew down to Houston for a business trip, and I surprised myself by having really amazing blood sugars through TSA and the entire flight for the trip down. The only difference between this trip and previous trips is that I didn't have keto chow before I went to the airport. And it kind of makes me think that I should cut out keto chow from my airport routine because it tends to spike my blood sugar a lot from the protein, even though I bolus for it. And when I came back home, I still did have a little bit of a climb even without the keto chow, but I was able to catch it pretty fast. Jesse, you are up for our fail of the week. Okay. So I'm not going to lie. It's been a pretty chaotic week. I was sick. I had finals and this was my first pageant yesterday, actually. So my blood sugars have been kind of up and down a lot, but I did a pretty okay job managing it, except for yesterday, right after I got up. So I got up, I went downstairs, I hopped in my shower, I got ready for my interview in the morning for the pageant, and I got home, and I realized I wasn't feeling that great, and I tested. I woke up and I was 150, so I really wasn't concerned or anything. I didn't eat any carbs that morning. But when I tested again, my blood sugar is 360. So I'm pretty sure it was just nerves and anxiety and a lot of like hormonal emotions going on. Nerves definitely were there. So I really wasn't too surprised. But at the same time, I was just a little disappointed considering that I had the big night ahead of me. But I took care of it and it went pretty well. So yeah. I think that's kind of a fail and a win wrapped in, wrapped in each other because you still you still did a really good job at the pageant, even if your blood sugar was high before. Oh yeah. I would like to think so. I even tested like during intermission where we had to get changed for our formal wear stuff. So, and I was only like 200 then. So I still had the nerves, but I wasn't going low, which was like a really big relief for me mid show. So I think it went really well, but at the same time, it was just kind of like, well, that's one more thing to worry about, but we're not going to stress about it too much. All right, for the hack this week, I've got one for all you. I actually feel a little bit dumb for not knowing this before, but if you're on an airplane and you use Dexcom and it reads to your phone, you can turn Bluetooth back on after putting your phone in airplane mode. You still won't be able to share blood sugars through Dexcom follow because that requires internet, but you will be able to see your numbers on your phone 
without having to pull out your receiver or your tandem pump. And as far as I know, Bluetooth doesn't interfere with aircraft instrumentation since, you know, tandem pumps already use Bluetooth to communicate with the Dexcom transceiver, so it's not really any different from turning Bluetooth back on on the phone. And I just found it a lot easier to pull down the status bar on my phone than dig out my pump from my bra to check my blood sugar. So that was a nice change on my trip. So today we are talking about burnout. Burnout, specifically diabetes burnout, is a mental state where you just don't want to deal with it anymore. You feel overwhelmed, exhausted, and just straight up annoyed with your diabetes. Sometimes you might think, why me? Or what did I do to deserve this? And it might mean stopping checking your blood sugar or not checking it as often, or taking off your sensor for a while, going without insulin in an effort to seem normal, or maybe sinking into a depression or apathy about your diabetes because you just don't care anymore. And keep in mind, this is not a comprehensive list and it's not the same for everyone. I've personally never experienced burnout in this context, and I think it's partly because I was diagnosed so young. I was diagnosed at age two. I've never known anything else, so everything I do to take care of myself is just part of life. I don't make it mean anything negative about me that I have diabetes, so I just don't have those thoughts of why me or what did I do to deserve this, because one, they don't serve me, and two, it just never occurred to me that not taking care of myself was even an option available, even if it was a dangerous decision. I remember one time at my home church, the pastor's wife, shout out to Melissa if you're listening, she asked if I'd ever had any problems taking care of my blood sugars, and I told her no. It just never occurred to me that I, I didn't have to take care of myself. And once I heard more about diabetes burnout from other diabetics and people on the internet, I decided that I was just too scared of the consequences of burnout to ever consider not taking care of myself because I was tired of a string of highs or getting frustrated from having a lot of overnight lows. And there are certainly times where I've been really frustrated with my diabetes or angry at my pump or my sensor for failures or other reasons, but it never results in me stopping taking care of myself. Another caveat is, while I think burnout happens more often with people diagnosed later in life, it, that doesn't mean it won't happen if you were diagnosed young like me. That just happens to be my experience. My Glue, which is a diabetes uh, website, they have a great article on diabetes burnout, and they have a lot of really good points, like the fact that Burnout isn't always the stop taking care of yourself extreme. Sometimes it's as simple as you being tired of dealing with scar tissue or pricking your fingers all the time because it hurts. When thinking about it like that, there are definitely plenty of times I can remember getting just so frustrated in dealing with sights kinking, sensors failing, and so on that that could be described as burnout to some degree. Now, I never experienced burnout when I was younger, but I've been definitely experiencing it more so in the past couple of months, just because I think I'm hitting like my teenager years and it's really starting to kick in that, you know, even though my family is here to support me, I'm the one who has to take care of everything. So it's just a little stressful, but it's still really important that I take care of myself, which I do. I put diabetes on my front page all the time. It's always my number one concern about my life. Now, for me, right now, I'm not wearing my sensor, and I haven't been for the last, like, month, month and a half, and it's because it keeps waking me up in the middle of the night, because it goes off in the middle of class, and honestly, it just sometimes is too much for me to handle, so that's why I'm taking a break, because this is my self-care, and that's what I need from, you know, my diabetes right now is a little separation from the sensor and always being constantly worried about, is my sensor going to work today? Is it not? Is it going to fail? Is it there? 
going to fall out. So it's just a little something that you have to recognize in yourself and know when to start taking care of it. So what causes burnout? Well, just like regular burnout, diabetes burnout can come from a lot of different thoughts. Now, one thing I've learned over the last year from listening to the Life Coach School podcast is that our feelings never come from circumstances. They always come from our thoughts about those circumstances. And the proof of this is that two people can experience the same thing, like type 1 diabetes, and have two completely different thoughts about it. So I've mentioned this before, that thoughts cause feelings, which drive actions, which drive results, and then our results reflect our thoughts. So I can have a thought about my diabetes, something like diabetes makes me strong, and then I feel strong or empowered by thinking that thought, and so I do things and create things in my life that prove that diabetes makes me strong. Things like a 5.1 A1C, or even staying consistent with this podcast. On the other hand, if I thought something like diabetes ruined my life, that thought would create a different feeling, probably one of despair, depression, overwhelm, or maybe a feeling of being trapped, and maybe it makes you feel like a victim. Burnout can come from thoughts following circumstances like a long history of bad blood sugars or even a short period of time where everything feels like it's falling apart. It can come from thoughts about a really busy time in your life and diabetes ends up taking a backseat to all the other demands on your time. Maybe you just want to be normal. In November and December of 2019, and even now, I'm in the midst of a lot of circumstances that other people might think would cause burnout. I'm talking about the deaths in my family and the overwhelming feeling of grief that comes from that. Burnout can also come from being overwhelmed with other thoughts that aren't necessarily directly related to, di to diabetes. In the case of grief, which everyone experiences differently, everything can feel like a struggle, including taking care of one's diabetes. And when you're talking about taking a break from your sensor, that is okay. I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing that. It's just you have to, I guess, I don't know, I don't, how, how do I say this? You have to like your reason for doing it. And it sounds like you like your reason for doing it, which means it's perfectly fine. <laughs> No, my reasons are good. It's just, you know, sometimes you get tired of a certain circumstance and you think you need to change it. And then you do. And then you go back and forth and decide, do I want to wear the sensor? Do I want to be in shots? What's working best for me? And then go from there. Absolutely. Yeah, that's 100% how it should happen. <laughs> Whatever works best yeah. for you. That's what I'm doing right now. And honestly, it's okay. I'm doing great. I'm just tired. <laughs> but anyways, the way that I take care of my burnout is when I first realized I was getting really tired of wearing my sensor and stuff, I talked to my doctor and I didn't really talk to other diabetics because I didn't feel like it was something very pressing that I needed to talk about too with anybody, which isn't, you know, good, isn't bad. It's just the way that I was handling it. So I talked to my doctor and she said, if you need help, look for it before you go into a situation that you can no longer handle which was really good advice. So basically she said, if you're frustrated with something, change it before it gets to be a problem, which is what I did. I took my sensor off before I realized how frustrated I was. And then when I did take my sensor off, I realized I was sleeping through the night finally after months of not doing that. And I was able to control my blood sugars even better than with the sensor. I don't know why that's working out the way it is, but for me, it just seems to be going a little bit better without my sensor for now. Although that could change in the future. To be fair, I put off putting a sensor on for the longest time because I didn't want to move two devices around. Now that I have a sensor, I love it. But I totally understand wanting to get away from all the numbers for a while just so you don't have that stress of the highs and the lows. I totally get it. Right. And it's not like I hate the sensor. I love it personally. I think it's a really great tool that I can use and that I should be, you know, taking 
full advantage of it. I think all diabetics should too, is just, I, I like sleeping through the night. And that's something <laughs> I really wasn't getting with this sensor because it would alert you like, oh, you've been in auto mode too long. Well, yeah, I had a cheese pizza and it's still taking a while to taper off. I mean, I, I put in for it. It's just taking a minute for the blood sugars to go down. And I just hadn't reached like that safe point and it just, it doesn't go down fast enough. And then when it does, it kicks you out of auto mode and you have to wake up and then you test it. And it's like, you lose a half an hour of sleep and I'm already overworked and underslept. I don't know. But yeah, you know where I was going with that. I know where you're going with that. <laughs> and speaking from a place of not having had a sensor in college back when I was on high carb and I was riding that roller coaster, mm-hmm. I would 100% have been in your situation. I would have been so mad at my sensor for waking me up all the time because of all the highs and all the lows. So right. I get it. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like I eat like tons and tons of carbs. It's just I'm higher than the sensor thinks is appropriate which isn't true because I'm having a phenomenal A1C for a very active 17-year-old, which is like 7.3 right now for most 17-year-olds. No offense to anybody out there who's listening, have like really, really high A1Cs and I'm not that person. So for me, it's just like, what's the point of even wearing it if I still have the great results without the sensor? Yeah, I did not have a 7.3 A1C at age 17. (laughs) I'm actually trying to find what my old A1C was. I want to see oh, that man. when you do find it. I mean, I know I've written it down. Right. But I can't remember where I wrote it down, which kind of sucks. Yeah, it's somewhere. I'll find it later, but I know that I was not I was not that low at your age. <laughs> I'm just going to make which a note for myself. I would like to give credit to my parents for because they did a pretty good job of really telling me, hey, look, this is what you need to be, need to be healthy. We're going to help you get to that point and help you realize like, hey, this is important, which they did a great job of. So I have no worries. I have no concerns. I just needed a break. (laughs) All right, let's start talking about how to recognize burnout. It's important to know that burnout looks different for everyone. And we've just been talking about that. It's also different between children and adults. So here's kind of a list of symptoms that um, other diabetics have reported they have when they're feeling burnout. Not checking blood sugar or lying about checking blood sugar eating without bolusing or lying about having given insulin, reducing or stopping insulin use, going from pumps to multiple daily injections, taking off your sensor for a break, and doing this means you won't see that constant reading of your blood sugar, and that can trigger some people into thinking thoughts that perpetuate the burnout, ignoring highs, getting angry at diabetes for an extended period of time, thinking those thoughts like, why me? I don't deserve this, or I shouldn't have to deal with this, I hate diabetes, et cetera. Silencing alarms on your pumps and phones that have to do with blood sugar or giving insulin. And then beyond type one also listed out some symptoms like strong negative feelings, feeling overwhelmed, anger, frustration about diabetes, feeling controlled by diabetes, isolation, or feeling alone with diabetes, avoidance of some or all diabetes management activities and being unmotivated to change this behavior. My mind would be always tired, always having that nagging feeling of like, do I need to do this with my diabetes? What do I do to make it better? Being stressed or anxious about it is not healthy. Always trying to micromanage your blood sugars rather than just regularly manage them on a daily basis or on a normal routine. Constant worrying and checking of your sensor is not a good thing. That is a different form of burnout, which is like, hyper, 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 hyper 
micromanagement, which can be very dangerous and can lead to the exhaustion that causes the burnout. So yeah. that sounds kind of like being really obsessed with what your blood sugars are from like minute to minute. Like, oh, I checked five minutes ago, but it's three points higher than it should be. And so maybe bolusing for that. Yeah, that's the type of stuff I'm talking about. It's just, it's not healthy. And that's kind of where I was right before I took off my sensor. I was like, you know, I need a break. This isn't going well. I'm micromanaging and it's not healthy for me. So just know that it can lead to some burnout and that it's not necessarily the best thing for your blood sugar. So why is knowing when you or your child or your partner has burnout important? Well, it can creep up on you. Our brains like thinking they're protecting us when they offer us thoughts like the ones that can cause burnouts. Maybe thoughts like, if I didn't have diabetes, then... That's one thought the brain can have that sends us into a tailspin of burnout. Brains are wired to survive by avoiding pain and seeking pleasure. Thinking about all the things we have to do to stay alive as diabetics can be painful. And if we're not in good control of our blood sugars, it's painful. The brain, or more specifically what Brooke Castillo calls the primitive brain, thinks that by ignoring all the bad stuff that happens, it'll go away. She likes to say we can turn off the light in a dirty room, but that won't make the room clean. It just means we can't see the mess. The mess is still there. Burnout is like turning off the light in a messy room. It's avoidance of the real problem, which is the thoughts we have about our diabetes and what we make it mean about ourselves. So now we're going to talk about how to deal with burnout. And some of these tips came from our episode with Rob Howe from Diabetics Doing Things. And towards the end of episode 24, Jesse asked Rob if he had any tips on dealing with burnout, and he gave us quite a few. These are not all from Rob, just some of them are from Rob. Number one, recognize the thoughts causing your burnout. Write them down. Consider that those thoughts are not true and that they're not serving you. Sometimes the simple awareness that we're thinking something that doesn't serve us will trip that thought up and bring you back to a place of compassion for yourself. Number two, Set up reminders for yourself to practice self-care. Self-care also looks different for everyone. For Rob, he mentioned things like therapy, using a meditation app, and going on a walk. Slowing down for a moment to just be present with the breath or with nature can do a lot of wonders for the brain. Number three, curate a list of five things that you enjoy doing that fill you up and aim to do at least three of them every single day. If you're feeling burned out, check yourself. Have you been doing those self-care activities every day? Number four, something I've been doing since the beginning of January 2020 is something called self-coaching. I'm in a program called Self-Coaching Scholars, and every day I do something called a thought download, which just means getting all of my thoughts out of my head and onto a piece of paper. That's just one piece of self-coaching, but it's one of the most important because when we write down our thoughts, we become aware of them. And it's a lot easier to see for ourselves when a thought we're thinking is causing problems if it's written down. And doing this with thoughts about diabetes can be really eye-opening, especially if you've never really taken the time to realize just what your brain is telling you about your diabetes. Number five, something that might bring up thoughts that drive burnout might be seeing someone else's numbers or dealing with uncomfortable questions. And both are totally normal. I remember when I was a lot younger, I heard someone's A1C and thinking I'd never be able to get it that low. I know that a lot of other diabetics might hear my A1C of 5.1% and think that they'll never get theirs that low. Remember, comparison is the thief of joy. In our episode about how to tell others you have diabetes, we covered how to deal with uncomfortable situations. It's okay to just shut down a conversation if you're uncomfortable or if someone's asking you uncomfortable questions. Number six, ask yourself some questions. Are you drinking water? 
Have you been outside today? Are you clenching your jaw or other muscles? Have you stood up from your desk or your chair in the past hour? I know a lot of us don't do that. We usually sit for hours at a time. Have you looked away from your computer screen or your phone in the past 20 minutes? There is a rule for eye strain. Every 20 minutes, look 20 feet away from a screen for 20 seconds. It gives your eyes a break. Are you listening to music that winds you up? Or have you done something fun from your list of self-care practices today? Number seven, manage your expectations. It's easy to be hard on ourselves and think we need to have perfect blood sugars all the time. But remember the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results? That's exactly how we need to treat diabetes. It's insanity. We can have two identical days and different blood sugars. And that's okay. Just remember to dial back the pressure you're putting yourself under. Number eight, if you're sad, acknowledge that it is okay to be sad. It's okay to feel any feeling as long as you don't make it mean that there's something wrong with you. Life is complicated and pain is part of it. And no matter how hard we try, life will always be 50% positive and 50% negative. Number nine, we're all in this together. Every diabetic has tech fails, prescription fails, insurance company fails, third-party distributor fails, and any other failure in the book. And that's why we have a diabetes fail segment. We are not perfect diabetics. We want to share those fails with you so that you know that we go through the same things as you when it comes to the crappy part of diabetes. Number 10, follow social media influencers with type 1 diabetes. Listen for when they talk about struggling with burnout. Just knowing that other people are going through it helps you feel less alone in the world. Rob gave us some resources in this area to check out. You can search for Beyond Type 1, Diabetes Burnout, or You're Just My Type 1, and I think he mentioned someone named Laura. And then there's also T1D Chick. You can listen to podcasts like this one or like Rob's. You can read blogs and websites about diabetes and join the discussion in diabetes communities, both online and in the real world. The connection can help act as a salve to burnout. And number 11, this last one I have for you might seem underrated, but maybe you just need some sleep and time to recharge. Really, don't underestimate the power of a good night's sleep and time to yourself in whatever capacity you need to fill up the tanks again. Jesse, what do you have for us? All right, so listen to your body. If it needs water, go get yourself some water. If it needs food, even if it is carbs, go get yourself some food. It's important to realize these things because your body knows what your body needs. Two is to recognize what your burnout is. Mine looks different than Colleen's, than another diabetic's, than another diabetic. I took my sensor off and that's what I needed. Colleen has to do something different if she ever experiences burnout or her symptoms for burnout. Talk to your doctor or talk to other diabetics too is a great tip. I didn't do this with mine, with talking with other diabetics, but I did talk to my doctor and she really gave me some great tips. Thank you, Dr. Thompson. Figure out how to get your body to recharge. I like to make lists of things that I need to do and things that I need to get done. It's really therapeutic for me because you get across them off or check them off and it looks really nice. It looks really pretty, but that's one of my favorite things. And that's also how I stay really organized and focus on different things. That's only a couple that I have, but feel free to like ask me questions over my Instagram or send us emails for other tips that I also have. But those are all the ones that I could think of at the moment. I hope this discussion on burnout has been helpful for you because now we're moving into the diabetes spotlight. And this week's spotlight is focused on Connor. And he's a type 1 diabetic I follow on Instagram. He doesn't list his last name. His handle is at T1D underscore teenager. And he posts some really funny memes about diabetes on his page. 
and he's also a JDRF online ambassador in the UK. He posted an Instagram post on January 15th, and this is an excerpt from his description in that post. Before I took care of my diabetes and mental health, type 1 diabetes took away my life and left me with nothing but pain. I've got it harder than most, but loads of people have it worse than me too. I changed my perspective. I was grateful to have type 1 and not something more life-threatening. That's not me saying type 1 isn't serious because it absolutely is, but I'm grateful because I can live with it and overcome the obstacles. I could cry about it. I could be negative about it every day. I could give up. I could say it's not fair. I could seek sympathy, but I don't because nobody cares. Life goes on. I had to embrace it, accept it, and continue with life. And I like that quote because that was just really spot on with what we're talking about today with burnout. He felt like he might've been burning out, but he's right. A lot of people don't actually care. So we have to take care of ourselves. It looks like from his uh, Instagram post that he's on the Medtronic 670G, and he also happens to look a lot like British actor Thomas Brody Sangster. And that actor has been in Game of Thrones, Doctor Who, and The Maze Runner. It's uncanny, the resemblance that, that Connor has with, with Thomas Brody Sangster. You can follow Connor on Twitter and Instagram from handle at T1D underscore teenager. Jesse, what is our question for the audience this week? Our question for you, our lovely audience, is how have you experienced diabetes burnout? What do you find that helps you? Or on the flip side, what are things that trigger the burnout the most often? And that is it for this episode of This is Type 1. You can find the show notes at inspiredforward.com slash episode 26. That's the number 26. And if you have an idea for an upcoming episode, please leave us a comment or send an email. You can get straight to our podcast page by going to thisistype1.com. Our music is by Joseph McDade, and our audio wizard is my husband, Tim. I'm on all social media as at inspiredforward, and our email is colleen at inspiredforward.com. I'm on Instagram as at JJ underscore Crystal K-A-T. Please feel free to send me questions or comments you have about type 1 diabetes or about the show. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends, family, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, since that helps other people find us. And be sure to listen in next week when we talk about diabetes communities and why you should get involved if you haven't already. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com community. I can't wait to see you there.